0: The Movie Hour Episode 174 March 8, 2012 There are some mild spoilers in this episode and a fair bit of swearing. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everybody. Welcome to the Brian Cranston Haunted Mansion Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney. Joining me tonight are my boys, co-host, Brother James, and everyone's favorite Singularity, Jeff. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is.
2: (laughs) Are you... I don't understand what you're implying with the Singularity
0: thing, but I'm taking it as a compliment. Yeah, it is a compliment. I can't even talk. I'm sorry. It is a compliment. You're you're one of a kind, event, that just happened to be now, and you're in existence. Congratulations. Way to be on the show. We're happy to have you here. What's, uh, So it is a very special episode tonight. We brought up, uh, our special co-host from the League Out West. Everybody, welcome back. Josh. What's going on? Yay! Well, uh, yeah, I wanted, I wanted clapping from you guys, but I didn't get it, so. I, I said yay
2: answers. in a high-pitched okay. voice. It's
0: like <laughs> the same fucking thing.
3: He can't yeah. hold up the whole team. You gotta do something, too. Right, right. It's true.
0: Um, I'm sorry. I just did the introduction. I thought I was emceeing. I guess I'm supposed to clap, too, as the emcee. I, I
1: can't clap. I'll break something.
0: You'll break your arm?
1: Yeah. Or Come you're old. so
0: strong, you'll like, break everything around you. You'll like just swing and start breaking. Yeah,
1: everything. let's go with that. Okay. I
0: think my favorite would be if everybody just burped after
3: I was introduced.
1: <laughs> Noted for next time.
0: Yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> <Brr>. have <laughs> to think about that. Uh, while I do have James, Jeff, and Josh here, I guess we don't, we're don't. we out of Jays, uh, but we do have some live <laughs> listeners with us. Thank you for joining us tonight. But before we get to the, the real meat of the show, uh, apparently... Someone had uh, struck down our RSS feed from last week, so people that are listening to this—if you had your problems uh, downloading me. the episode through <laughs> iTunes or your RSS aggregator, whatever you happen to be using—that
1: we—I didn't uh, quite understand it, so I destroyed it.
0: Yeah, hear <laughs> <laughs> what we do not understand. So I, Jim's uh, <laughs> just destroying things. He <laughs> doesn't internet <laughs> smash. <laughs> It's a, it's a very sensitive thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it'll be back up and running, and you'll be hearing this episode, hopefully, on your RSS feed when you go to your iPod and start trying to download everything. Um, so there, there's that. Now, the biggest thing we need to talk about tonight, and I know everyone from the last episode who we were listening, we were talking about the, the clappers, this clapper incident. I was telling you guys about at the theater I went to, and there were these two people that were. And here you are out. trying to
1: get us to clap. You want to <laughs> but, part of the So we incident.
0: have a clapper update now. Right, right. There is a clapper. <laughs> no, up- there God. is There's a Clapper update, and it's it's gonna be really quick. I just want to point out a uh, lot or a uh, loyal listener, Tiffany, uh, brought it up on Facebook, and we were talking about how apparently it's not just an isolated incident with this couple. It is a theater, like, chain-wide thing that people will clap to the MJR. That's the theater. MJR. <laughs> so they like, think it's clever. and Yeah, the they think, like, hey, we're in, we're part of it, let's clap to this thing, and apparently there people have gone as far as, like, standing up and clapping during it. It's...
1: Can I get you to take a recorder there and bootleg it and bring it on the show? Because I want to hear it.
0: Okay. You're, mi- you're the one missing out, then, is what it sounds like. It sounds
2: like everybody else is in on this sort of, like, yes.
1: quasi-ironic
2: be... joke at the expense of the theater, oh. and you're just the the rube sitting there going, I don't know yeah. why everyone's I, clapping. I wish you were
0: right. I wish you were right. I wish <laughs> it was an ironic clapping to the to theater. You
1: know what I would do in this situation? Barf. Destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your hands.
0: I will crush that. I don't understand. Yeah, put your hands here. It's it's kind of disgusting. It's kind (laughs) of disgusting. Um, Other, uh, it's been I guess it's been a little while since Josh has been on the show, but it's been a long week. You guys uh, do anything sweet over the weekend? Go check out. I guess we did check out some movies. If we want to do do that right now, Jeff, did you want to want to talk about a movie you caught over the week? Uh, sure. Yeah. I saw the movie, um,
2: IMDb as it listed as a 2010 movie, but it didn't come out until late 2011, actually. Uh, and it's a movie called the debt and it was directed by Joe Madden. It's, uh, it's John. a re- remake, John Madden. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just making that No, I just wrong, wrong sports coach. Um, yeah, John, John Madden, who did Shakespeare in love, uh, forever ago, Ooh. but, uh,
1: <laughs> it's a, it's
2: about uh, it's a remake of an Israeli film called uh, Havav I believe or something like that and uh, it's it, uh, I think also means the debt anyway uh, the theme of the movie it stars he- Helen Mirren and um, Sam Worthington and a few other people uh, you mean Helen the body Mirren Helen the body Mirren uh, Ciaran Hines I'm probably not spelling or pronouncing that right and uh, Martin Socus. Uh, and uh, I don't know other people. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stop trying. <laughs> um, but uh, the the uh, oh Tom Wilkinson. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so, so the theme of the movie is it starts off and like Helen Mirren's. Uh, well. I, can't, I think it actually starts off and there are these three young um, people getting off of a plane and like being given sort of like a hero's welcome back to Israel. And they're uh, Mossad agents. Mossad, for those of us that don't know, is like the Israeli CIA, basically. Um, and so then it cuts way forward and you've got these, these people – uh, this husband and or divorced husband and wife and their daughter who is accepting this uh or who is like premiering this book about her parents who were two of these Mossad agents who went to uh East Berlin in nineteen sixty five and found like a, a horrible Nazi surgeon guy who did like horrible things in during the Holocaust and uh killed him. And it sort of cuts back and forth pretty liberally between 1965 and 1997, which is like the present day Helen Mirror and Tom Wilkinson and back to like the young people. Um, And the kind of the twist, it comes about maybe halfway through the movie or two thirds of the way through the movie is that the way that the daughter wrote it in the book and the way that these people have been telling this story of killing this guy the entire time isn't entirely true. And there are some loose ends that all of a sudden in 1997, just as the book's coming out, sort of, um, leak out and that maybe people they're start dying.
0: People start dying.
2: Well, not exactly. Oh. No, but maybe they're not as heroic as, uh, as, you know, people, people in Israel have been treating them and the daughter thinks they are and so on and so forth. So Helen Mirren has to kind of like go back into spy mode and and go back and mm-hmm. solve its problems. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty intense thriller. There were some definite, um, definitely like serious and intense moments. One of the things is that they're supposed to capture this guy and send him on a plane, or, or like send him on a train out of East Germany, and then they're gonna you know like extradite him to Israel and try him. And they miss their opportunity to get him on this train, so they have to like hold him mm-hmm. in this tiny apartment and feed him and keep him alive and stuff. And there, it's really uh, it's it, there's some pretty intense scenes with like these discussions they have and stuff like that. So
0: so um, is it is it about a 50 50 split between the like the young mode going back and forth to the old current version or is I'd that about 50 50? Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
2: Um, pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I'm no no stamp of approval, and I did a terrible job reviewing it. But um, it it's it's no. a pretty good movie. It's <laughs> it's got some pretty good uh um like suspense and some pretty good action scenes actually.
0: And it's there's some big names in it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, that, yeah definitely. Um, and uh, I'm curious, what was your uh your mode of viewing on this? Was this a Redbox rental, or was this some? Something... Yeah, yeah, blockbuster. I'm ex- looking. Best, this I'm stuff. looking for a new a new out man. Like Netflix is. Netflix, I've obviously jumped off, jumped the shark on the Netflix has been doing. And then I tried Hulu Plus, and that's no good. And I'm trying to figure things out. Maybe a Redbox is the way to go. I don't know. But
2: You know, I mean, the selection's shit, but you, you can, you know, for new release type stuff. It's right, there. right.
3: Helen Mirren seems like a good pick for that role. If I did yeah, she was pretty so badass. She seems like a good pick.
2: She knows Kung Fu.
0: Um,
3: she knows all sorts of shit, dude, that you don't even know about.
0: <laughs> we were Crop talking about... Guy. Oh my god. More of the league action going on. Uh, Josh, did you? You've been been on for a while. You got some movies you want to talk about? Maybe uh, anything that's not porn, anyways, that may be on your list?
3: Nah, there's a lot of porn. There's a lot. I watched The Bachelor on Monday. I watched that. Jesus Christ.
0: How do you watch that that show?
3: (laughs) Dude, it might as well be a movie. That shit's like six hours long every Monday. Oh my god. What
0: the fuck is wrong with you?
3: That's great, dude.
0: It's great. I remember just, oh man, of. front of the show Amy was over and like wanted to watch it here turned it on and I'm like I'm trying to make food in the kitchen and she's watching it and I just I'm hearing these girls say just stupid things over and over again so good man and just I could not believe it could not believe it there was a Joe millionaire but it's good
2: God Joe millionaire was so good do you remember my big fat obnoxious boss that was the best show ever yes I want to do one of those for top chef so bad (laughs) like just, and the judges that are going to be eating your food are chickens. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was so good, man. It was so all good. Right, all right. Enough about terrible reality shows. <laughs> Dude, I
2: don't know if you ever saw <laughs> my big, fat, obnoxious boss, but it was not terrible. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. They
0: let a chimpanzee make the ultimate decision <laughs> on <out> every episode, <laughs> but the contestants just, didn't so know. They did have like a katana, and you got to like chop a block, and whatever block fell was the was the person that lost, because that should be it. Oh god, it was. so... And he
2: had no idea what wow. you signed up to do.
0: Okay, all right, all right. So let's let's clean that. Let's move that out of our minds for now, and we'll we'll get back to that. I'm sure there's a Parker Posey question in there somewhere for reality TV. <laughs> the film or something but uh i have a movie review and this was actually something we talked about last week i did end up seeing uh, the secret world of arietti i did not see ghost rider spirit of vengeance yet because nobody will come with me it's so yeah, sad. what a surprise jeff if you end up uh, coming in town we can do that we can go watch ghost rider together would you like to do that um, yeah,
2: I think that's going to actually be off the table though. I, uh, turns out I've got some, uh, pretty serious school stuff to do on Thursday. So that's terrible. That's terrible news. I know.
0: All right. So maybe I'll like bring, uh, the laptop in with me and I'll put you up on like some kind of Skype, Skype shop and you can like watch it while I'm watching it and we'll talk about it. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Secret World of Arietti, and uh, talked about it a little bit last week. This is the the seventeenth Studio Ghibli movie to come out in the U.S. Um, and unfortunately, it's still not doing all that all that well. It made seventeen million, I think, by now in the U.S., but it's made more over a hundred million worldwide. So I guess it's not too bad. But anyways, it's uh, this movie is directed uh, by Hiromasa, I think it's Yone Bayashi, which is uh, this is his first directing credit for the Studio Ghibli studio. Um, this, he usually does key animation. He's done it for like almost every movie for the past 10 years out there. But uh, the big guy, Hayao Miyazaki, he co-wrote this. And it's, uh, if you haven't aren't familiar with the plot, it's uh, the movies based off uh, Mary Norton's novel series, The Borrowers, which I think we have, I forget the names of the thousand of other movies that have been made based on this idea. But uh, just the story goes uh, in the beginning we get to see a boy named Sean, and this is this is actually sort of like uh, Spirited Away, na- My Neighbor Totoro, or Totoro, um, and Totoo. it's them moving, guy kid moving into a new house. Actually, in this scenario, a relatively old house where his mom was raised, and you get the sense that he's kind of a sickly kid. Um, moves very slowly, talks really lightly. He's a low talker, and uh, when he gets there, he notices that there's a cat when when this is another staple animal around the house that's chasing something and sort of hunting something. And it turns out it's Arietti, who we quickly learn is a borrower, that's a very small person. And he just notices him like out of the corner of his eye before she takes off. And we sort of get introduced to Sean in that scene. And after that, we get to see a lot of the movie through uh, sort of the borrower's family's perspective. Arietti is this. Uh, A 14-year-old girl living with her parents, uh, Pod and uh, Amelie, I believe, uh, which are uh, voiced by Amy Poehler and Will Arnett, surprisingly enough, which it's amazing. Gross. (laughs) Gross. It amazes me how much, like, when more and more there's big celebrities film people that are doing these voiceovers, not just people that are known for voiceovers, but... Um, it's amazing how much different their voices are when you get to like a voice talent role, how much they can disguise their voices or change it, or even like in post alter it. And, uh, it was really hard, even though that will ornette did his voice. It was sort of hard to tell it was him. Um, and especially with Amy Poehler too, but anyhow, uh, so Arietti is especially excited for this night, the same night that Sean moves in. Because she gets to go out on her first borrowing, which is pretty much stealing. We'll call it stealing because that's what it is. I don't know why, where they get this borrowing idea. But uh, to go out into the the house they live in, which they live in like a nook in the basement and the floorboards. And get some sugar and pretty much steal stuff. And she's excited about it. And she... On her, her, yeah. Good
1: message. Good message. Right, right.
0: It is. It's stealing. I don't. They keep on saying it's borrowing, but it's stealing. They take sugar and like tissue paper, stuff that people won't notice, but it's still stealing. It's not like they're giving it back. Um, But anyways, when she goes out, like this is pretty close to the beginning of the movie. When she goes out first night, um, through their in their perspective, they do a really good job of showing the material in a way like where it's like okay. You know, I, I'm two inches big and this is what the world looks like. So I guess Jeff's not alone in that perspective there because, you know, anyways, we go we get to see the view from their perspective. And they do a really good job of like, oh, they're in the kitchen, but it feels massive. It's almost like a giant cave kind of thing. And immediately after they go out and they're getting everything, everything's going well at the very end, they get spotted by Sean, the new kid. And they pretty much run from there, hide, and then they discuss, okay, we need to leave. They know we're here. And the twist in this movie, or I guess not twist, but the plot really happens when the parents are scared and they're thinking about moving. But Ariadne is curious and she wants to go see Sean again. And Sean obviously noticed they were there and he leaves a note for him. So she, he knows that they're there and she wants to just talk with Sean because she's curious and wants to see what's going on, whatever. And she and him quickly form a little bit of a relationship and they start talking about what's going on. And there's a second human in the house and I already forget her name. She's not really important, but um, she is sort of the housekeeper taking care of Sean, trying to keep Sean just, you know, unexcited. He's supposed to be there relaxing because Sean's supposed to have a surgery for his heart condition coming up. So, she figures out something's going on, too, and she thinks there's some kind of pro- pest problem which involves these borrowers and is going to call a uh, exterminator on them. Anyways, at that moment when the exterminators are supposed to be coming, Arietti's uh, family is supposed to leave, but this housekeeper catches uh, Arietti's mom, Amelie, and puts her in a cupboard, and there's a hole to do, like, okay, we need to rescue my mom, we need to get out of here, whatever, and this is where Arietti completely puts her trust in Sean and Sean, the, the human being actually takes care of a borrower rather than killing her or doing something bad, which is what the the borrowers are always afraid of. Um, there's a couple subplots of like, okay, are we the only borrowers alive anymore? And what's the world Uh-oh. like outside of this house, stuff like that. I think where this movie, um, sort of tracks off any other Disney movies, since this is not a Disney movie, it's a studio Ghibli movie, but it's brought over by Disney. Um, the difference between this movie and any Disney movie is there'd probably be some kind of comic relief or somebody making jokes left and right or like a an, like an anthropomorphic phase for a cat or a dog or something. They're all or a princess right, or a princess something, right? And in this in this movie, that is there's a really heartfelt moment between Arietti and Sean, where Arietti's like, "We need to get out of here, you know. I'll we'll do anything we can to keep my family alive." And Sean's just talking to her, you know everybody dies you should just get with you know just deal with it cuz he's expecting that when he has a surgery that he's not going to make it and it's a pretty heavy tone for a you know animated movie that you'd take your kids to but i think it's i think it was really interesting um, and pretty pretty uh pretty deep uh analysis of life in uh, a 30 i don't know a minute and a half segment between the two and uh, i think it was a beautiful movie i don't know where i put it on the studio ghibli ranking but it was definitely worth seeing I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold the stamp of the seal of approval, but uh, it was a good movie. I'm happy I caught it, and uh, yeah, very cool. It was, I'm surprised. Like, if this were a movie that was produced in America, I'm guarantee in this situation it has been 3D. Like, if this because <laughs> you know, it's like okay, well, I feel like they're doing a really good job of making me feel like I'm really small, and this movie would probably be like perfect in quotes for for 3D for the for America here, but. What do you have against
2: 3D? God, it's awesome. Makes everything better.
0: <laughs> Speaking of, uh, Finding Nemo is coming out in 3D. I wonder how many millions oh, that's gonna God. make. Oh yeah, just billions, billions. But
3: yeah, somebody just kill me. Like Jesus Christ.
0: Kids Dude. are 3D and their their music and rock and roll. Yeah, it's uh, it's devastating. Anyways, it was a good movie. Anybody that's a Studio Ghibli fan will really like it. Anybody who's a Disney or wants to catch a, a movie with their kid, and looking for something to waste a couple hours, uh, I think it's worth your time. And uh, yeah, so Josh, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll be out
3: there. I'm always looking to waste a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but anyhow, enough of, uh, enough of my movie review, James. I uh, understand that you've notched one more off on the belt of. The-
1: uh oh. Yes, one your- more movie off the infamous list. Uh, we watched uh, 1966, A Man for All Seasons. Damn right you did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the one
1: Greg's been uh, promoting ever since we started the list. He's been hooting and hollering about yeah. this. I want to
0: point out. I want to point out. We were talking about this, and we were talking when he first the idea was up to watch this. How this movie was coming up down the list, you know, 60 movies ago. Um, I'm just like, yeah, I should come by and watch that with you guys. And Jim brought it up like last week, and I'm like, dude, I said that five years ago. That's <laughs> I think that's uh, null. I don't have to come over for <laughs> the statue of limitations All right. on interest. Right. Like, is null. I was interested five years ago. I think like you <laughs> wanted to watch this movie back in <laughs> the 90s. Right. Uh, anyways. anyways.
1: All right. So, uh, anyway, um, Man for All Seasons. Uh, it's the story of Sir Thomas More and how he kind of goes against uh, King Henry VIII because King Henry VIII wants a divorce. So he just separates the english church from the roman catholic church and kind of just makes his own rules but sir thomas more holds his ground and doesn't acknowledge the whole thing um it's a good movie um it's the best picture winner from 66 i won't spend too much time talking about it since i'm guessing a lot of people do know about it um there's some really good performances in it um most impressive for me was Robert Shaw, who played King Henry the Eighth. I'm used to him in roles such as, uh, like Jaws. He was the, the boat captain in Jaws. Um, he's the bad guy in The Sting. He was, uh, um, Lonigan. Yes, Lonigan, Doyle Lonigan. Uh, so I'm used to him just being like kind of gruff and you know tough and stuff. But in this role, he's very boisterous and booming, and he does a really good job of. Getting into the role, I thought. Yeah, he just... like
0: a King Robert for, uh,
1: uh for Game of Thrones, or something. yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of when he came on the screen and he's just talking like that. I'm like, wow, just like this is exactly what I had in mind, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I had some worries going into it just 'cause you know it's old school tales, you know, so I was just worried that the language would be very burdened with almost like. Ex- a shakespearean tint to it but they do a pretty good job of keeping it fairly you know modern you know for 1966 anyway but uh yeah i i enjoyed it um there was one part that made me laugh and unintentionally and it's when uh, he's in court kind of defending his himself against you know the king's charges and stuff and the court i don't even know just some court official comes out and starts reading all this stuff that's being charged against them and it's Right out of the spoof from Monty Python and Holy Grail, where they're just in that monotone, monotone, almost like poetic reading of something, and (laughs) it—I was was cracking up unintentionally during the movie, so it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, very good. Um, I won't give it the stamp of approval, um, but uh, yeah, not a bad read or not a bad watch. Out of the
0: now that you've conquered, I don't know how many movies out of this list you put it in the upper fifty percent.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: how high would you go? How high would you go?
1: Uh, I don't know. 25 percent. That's that's a tough call. All right, I'll let it slide. It's, it's been eight years, so a lot of my memories failed. Right, I right. right. Sorry, well, we have
0: to start talking about that. Like, I didn't want to bring up you know the whole home issue right now, but we might have to do that soon, James.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: yourself in. all the time
1: <laughs> I need all the medication I can get I mean I'll take you know bedside care, no problem
0: I'm not dead
1: sounds yet. awesome.
0: Uh, did you notice a uh, young John hurt in the movie? yes,
1: yes, yeah. he was he was kind of cool to see him in there um a- I think uh I forget which red grave it was, but uh I think it's Lynn, maybe it was Vanessa I don't remember, but she has like a little cameo as Anne Zambolin in there too. Orson Welles plays cardinal. Somebody earlier forget his name, but and he's fat Orson Welles good by that time. So kind of <laughs> awesome, cool! I'm happy you liked it because I like I, uh, I saw that movie before too. Yeah, I did not have high hopes for it, so I think that helped my. <laughs> not on my... H S though, unlike uh, the last. Yes, yeah, correct. I saw it in DVD. So what is... actually, a lot of it came through. Like the transfer was really good on it, so it was kind of nice. So what is the last movie on the list? Um, a movie called. The Killing Fields, which I know very little about actually. I think it's about Cambodia during That's the I, moves. Yeah, and I think it stars I'm going on a limb here because I don't really know, but Sam Watterson, which Sam is, Watterson, the, is in it, yeah.
0: And okay. Pol
1: Pot. And who? Malkovich. Pol Pot. Oh yeah, Malkovich is on it.
0: And Co- Coach is on it too. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Nelson's forehead is in Wow Draying, I'm, crank, looking around.
1: I'm glad it's the anchor leg of this relay uh, yeah we'll have to I don't know I don't, can we
0: get like a haiku on what your final thoughts were on the on the whole list after <laughs> something like that because uh, we need something some kind of up. Haiku limits to now. seventeen syllables though if you would closure. the listeners need closure so maybe
2: yeah, we'll I might just... have to do a uh interview type of thing. I'll, I'll I think attention. the interesting part of the in review is going to be to find out what's new on the list <laughs> like since
1: That's true. I could do that. What,
0: was it worth it is going to be the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so exactly. moving moving past the list and past the movie reviews, we now have the Parker Posey play along, the best feature of them all. My uh the question of the week, which our uh, our movie question was uh from myself last week. It was fantastic. It was a uh, sort of in the the base of the Oscars the question was if you could create your own academy award category whether it be um uh, a joke or some kind of serious idea that you think they would actually use um the, that was the question and if you had any other uh um any actual answers who you think would win the category that was up for grabs um got a got a couple ideas and people have been sort of rallying around the, the trailer idea that Aaron, a uh, front of the show, had brought up. And it's not bad. I lo- like movie trailers, I love. And the idea that trailer being either just, I don't know if it'd be like a most creative, because you said best movie trailer. I don't know if it'd be like most fitting or most attractive movie trailer. Right. I don't know how you would go with that. Most but, craftsmanship put into yeah. it. Just... I don't know if it's just like best movie, but now it's best trailer, which would be kind of interesting.
3: One, one in front of most movies in the actual theater. <laughs>
0: yeah most, <laughs> most
3: appearances most by the trailer yeah.
0: <laughs> most at-bats god what would win if that were happening this year it'd be something like fucking something john idiot. carter yeah god that movie comes out this weekend it looks awful
2: i don't even know what the fuck it's about he's fighting a guy the bad guy he's Mars. he's on mars and he kills people <laughs> it just yeah, looks like the some... fucking guys that called the race in phantom menace <laughs> like that that's, it. that's who he looks like he's fighting it the
1: <laughs> not But uh yeah, it's just some pulp comic or something back in the old days that they decided, "Hey, we need to reboot that too." We haven't rebooted that. Right. Right. Bunch of dicks.
0: I hear you. Yeah. Anyways, uh thank you so <laughs> much. Even... Go ahead,
1: Never John. Mind. Oh, Never mind. Mind. I have
3: I know I have anything good to say. Go <laughs> on.
1: I would like yeah. to take the so... time to censor myself. <laughs> Uh appreciate
0: all the answers. Thank you so much for uh submitting them. And this week our Parker Posey play along is uh, going to be brought to you by Jeff. So Jeff knock knock him out. All right. So I was
2: having a conversation with some of my uh, colleagues today about the movie The Help, which I have not seen. I don't know if you guys have or not. But one of my colleagues brought up that she was very uh, she she was kind of upset and she it kind of rubbed her the wrong way that in the help sort of the hero of this story about like the perseverance of um African American women and, you know, in a time where racism and everything was really rampant and and terrible, how the hero during this point in time was a white woman of like the hero of the story and, and how that kind of frustrated her because it's like, well, okay, cool, but like can't like it just sort of it plays into the whole um, stereotype of like oh you know they can't help themselves or right whatever because right. and how that sort of aided her and, and decreased her enjoyment of the movie so my question is going to be what uh insufficient or un, um, undeserving hero drives you nuts
0: hmm. Hmm. tough drag
2: questions
0: uh undeserving hero does, and it, we're, How, does it, are we talking about? Does it have to be the main character of the movie? No, just somebody, no, somebody no, just that's just, getting accolades that doesn't deserve it, right? And but we're talking that, about the like, character, not like the actress later on,
2: right? Story. And also not like within the plot itself. Don't right. be like, oh, remember in that movie? I can't even come up with a good example, but like where they thought this guy was doing all the good things, but actually it wasn't him. Like, you, like the plot of the movie actually applauds a character for. Okay. Like, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Okay. So so it's not just the main an character. It's gotta be like
2: it can you know, be the main character. Hero it's just
1: like But the hero factor is what's important, pretty much. Right, exactly. Okay.
2: Hmm. Um so and I, I guess I might uh broaden it even a little bit more with my answer. Um but yeah. I am uh I'm gonna go with the movie Dangerous Minds since <laughs> I love oh, I like this question a lot now <laughs> because like it's this movie about these kids that, that all of a sudden you know find themselves in you know in a much better situation than they were in before and like the teacher all she did she didn't really do that much like really you know obviously these kids kind of had it within themselves to be like smart kids and she success.
0: believed in them
2: she believed in right. them Okay, great. So you know what I mean, though. Like, come on. Like, whatever.
0: Doesn't <laughs> that much credit. Oh man, fantastic. Let's see. Um, man, now I want to go with something similar, like the principal or only the strong or something. Like <laughs> the substance. Um. Hmm. People that. You know aren't... what? I'm gonna give a
2: backup. Um. And now we'll give you guys a minute to, to, to think, because I think it does... Oh, I have two answers. Oh, do you really? Okay, never mind, go ahead. No, no, I want to hear your backup, though. <laughs> all right, so the movie Happy Feet pissed me off to no end. Holy shit, what? Happy Feet? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: all right. Because the, the entire, like... The entire moral of that movie is that if penguins could just be a little bit cuter and learn to dance, yep. then <laughs> humans would probably stop global warming. Yep. Like, and so the, the the hero of that movie, I don't think deserves like it's just a really obnoxious and I think negative uh, way to look at like oh you know we could just solve global warming if we just realized how goddamn cute those penguins could be. Like I I think that the the message that the the main character
0: There seems to be, I think there are a lot of answers to this, trying to find one, like some of them, some of the most interesting movies are when like the hero who is supposed to be like the protagonist, the guy you kind of relate to is kind of an asshole. Like that's, I guess that's one of the things I'm trying to think about. And then the other side of that is there's tons of movies where it's just whatever we're supposed to be relishing in that like this person's good at or this person's doing, like it's kind of pointless. Like just take karate kid like congratulations daniel you beat this guy's ass in the, in the, in the yeah in the karate like, competition yeah and yeah you're sort of like when you sticked up when you stuck up for uh you know your pseudo girlfriend that was kind of you know chivalrous and stuff and then you beat this guy's ass when he tried to like cheat and hurt you congratulations that was cool but there's a i think there are a lot of examples i like,
2: think the vigilante cop is also think, <laughs> right like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's God, right. No. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, do not pay attention to any of the laws that govern your actions.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. No, like, yeah. don't, don't do that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> There's there's a lot of examples of that. I guess Daniel San is my is my first choice. <laughs>
1: it's great. Just don't, you don't <laughs> who gives crap. a fuck? You're a fucking nerd. Okay. Like, I- so his is more based on your his accomplishments than how dude, you actually dude feel about him. Shoe. He deserved
3: every bit of the credit that he got. <laughs>
0: He did catch a fly with chopsticks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Never-
0: I, I guess I, I don't know if I'm stuff. misinterpreting the question or not, but it- yeah,
1: is it based on character likability or is it really just, okay, this guy did this and it wasn't very impressive.
2: Right. Like, I think what I'm going for is like the movie is asking you to like applaud this person, be like, oh, that's awesome. When really you're like, wait, it's not that awesome.
1: Okay, so it's based off as of an achievements, not I you right. actually like the guy.
0: Right, right, right. Okay. Um Yeah, there's I, I keep th- I'm starting to think of just like Jean Claude Van Damme over and over again in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except and, Universal Soldier. He's fantastic Universal Soldier, let's leave that alone.
3: Uh I, I have an answer that I'll give and okay. Jeff you'll have to judge <laughs> to some degree whether it's in the spirit of, of the question, but I think I it think I think it will, will bring true. Uh and the pick that I'm going with is Amistad. And you've got McC- uh, McConaughey, who is like the dude's like the guy's lawyer this whole time, who's trying to get him off and trying to get him off and like trying to set those guys that are on that boat free. And throughout the whole movie, it's like Jesus Christ, we have to deal with all this stuff. And McConaughey f- kind of f's it up, and like the guys end up in not a great situation. Uh, so McConaughey's like trying to be the good guy. He's the one guy that's pretty much standing up for these, uh, you know, African slaves or whatever. Uh, And then at the end, he just completely gets overshadowed by Anthony Hopkins, uh, who walks in and literally like in front of the Supreme Court or whatever is like, these guys should be set free, and if it takes us a civil war to get it done, that's exactly what we need to do. Just completely badass, overshadows all the coolness that McConaughey put in. All
2: All the hard work with a little bit of bluster, huh? Yeah. It's just like
3: he walks in as just the biggest badass ever and McConaughey just looks like a complete asshole. I mean, I don't think he's supposed to look that way, but to me, he looked like a complete asshole at the end of that movie.
0: So are yeah. you picking Anthony Hopkins, or are you picking Matthew McConaughey? No, I'm picking McConaughey, McConaughey. Okay. as
3: like the guy who like seems to do all this good, but in the end, like the other guy just ends up... Just did everything. Right, exactly.
0: exactly. Gotcha. Hmm.
3: Hmm.
0: That's a tough one. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about your answer, Josh. I'm
1: just going to have to tell you that straight up
0: okay <laughs> weird James you gotta answer,
1: yeah, I'm struggling here. um, it's a
0: tough question
1: like it's not an easy one
0: there's, uh, I, there's I a I can little... think
1: of like a main character that I don't well, it's not the same thing though um, how about Alice and Alice in
0: Wonderland? That was my second pick. I'm kidding, I don't I... although she you know what does she do other than go on a she giant... fell uh,
2: ass backwards uh, down <laughs> a hole and like let people push her around and tr- trick her into taking
0: drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Regicide. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's yeah, there's got to be a million, a mil- like a million of those. Like, oh, congratulations, honey, I shrunk the kids. When, when uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shrunk your kids and then you got them back. Good one. <laughs> You're a real fucking hero. Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed them with the lawnmower, you
2: ass. <laughs> Yeah, or, like, Hook, the guy pretty much shoves his kids away and then has to save them from Hook. Yeah, but... I guess I'm going... I mean, I guess that, that, that type of answer works. Like, the... You know, you fucked up at the beginning so bad that you have to spend the rest of the movie, like, redoing it. Or, like, you know, like, just making up for all the stupid things that you've done. But I think, like... More so than that, I guess what I'm looking for is like the entire movie is asking you to appreciate how great this person is. But really, like somebody else might be better. Like you know, come on, let's let's really think about this. Is this person that right. great,
0: Mister Miyagi? He's way better than Danielson. But oh, I think I think the the problem with the examples I'm picking is at least in those scenarios, the the great thing is the transformation the character goes through. Even though like whatever little steps they're doing isn't all that impressive like the how they're changed inside you know right here in the heart that's what's important right guys? right right right,
1: right, Which right. In Honey, I the only thing i got it's um, <laughs> pretty lame is uh frodo for carrying a piece of jewelry across
0: <laughs> oh, oh across the sick.
1: world <laughs> and throwing in
2: oh water. my
0: god and all he did was wine i think yeah. i think a lot of people might agree with you on that one <laughs> It's again the inner struggle, struggle, and how he how he changed by the end. That's that's an important thing. He persevered. Yeah. He persevered. I do not like that got answer whatsoever.
1: That. But I got nothing else.
0: I think it's a I'll solid have to come answer.
1: up with something better on the boards.
0: Yeah, I don't. Maybe we are. Maybe we fucked this up. Jeff, did we fuck this up?
2: Uh, you know what? It was a really hard question, <laughs> and I don't think I did that great of a job describing what I was looking for. And I feel like I kind of found the like the answer first and then found the question, which always winds up making it difficult, if that makes sense.
0: Right. So, well, we have our answers. And I guess if you want to phrase it one more time, and maybe we'll try to explain it a little more on the boards. But yeah, what a a question one last time. So in, uh, in reference to the movie The Help, where
2: it's a story of like, of people overcoming racism in certain ways and and how to like how racism is dealt with I guess which I haven't seen I don't know I'm doing God I'm terrible uh, <laughs> like Chris Farley and the Chris Farley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> part Die Hard ah <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: God
2: uh, so all right so who is a character that gets a lot of
0: credit for something that you feel uncomfortable giving them credit for Okay. That sounded simple enough when you said it that way. Uh, but, right, the question will be uh, at the boards, gunkypit.com and also on the Move our page on Facebook. And, again, uh, we'll make sure that somebody resurrects our uh, RSS feed to make sure it's working. You should probably be hearing this show via some kind of RSS feed later. And, um, yeah, another episode in the bag. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for your input, James and Jeff. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe, people. Josh, welcome back to the show. Thanks for thanks for being here.
3: Yeah, I was a very valuable asset this show.
0: <laughs> Extremely valuable. You're the coolest. Invaluable, some might say. And uh, right, <laughs> yes, thank, you so say thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, live listeners. Thank you, listeners. And uh, everybody, enjoy their week. We got things to look forward to. We got uh, another podcast, St. Patty's Day, and you guys can watch John Carter. How awful it is. Hey, it's Super Tuesday. Yeah, Super Tuesday. I forgot. Go see the Sea World area. I one Georgia. (laughs) About (laughs) Ohio. We'll catch you guys next week. The Brian Cranston Haunted Mansion Movie Hour. See you next time. You know what? It might actually
2: be the same one as the. uh... Jesus Camp one, I think. Yeah, because he meets the Jesus Camp guy and he starts making fun of him. He's just, just like, I wanna put this plastic bag over my head and I'm like Jesus want you putting that plastic bag over your head reminds me of your mother putting a condom on my Johnson last night. And then he goes, say Ted, say Ted, starts to Oh, it's so good. I kind of want to watch that right now. Satan. Satan.
0: Great, can we see Porky's now? We were never going to see Porky's.
3: Counselor Chip,
2: I admitted I drank the bug juice. Why won't Counselor Henry stop?
0: Because, Meryl, everyone knows you could never do something like that. Meryl, by lying, you have sinned before God, and you need to pray on that. I have
2: something to confess now. Great, Raymond. I'm really glad to hear from you. I must confess that I am
3: very, very bored, and I need to shoot some baskets.